This week, we have an interview with Mark Gregory, developer of Solarix, and we're never alone, even though this is the end of civilization as we know it. Put on your fancy pants, this is episode 28 of the Indie Game Riot. Everybody, this is Josh and Jan. This is, of course, episode twenty-eight of the Indie Game Riot. And uh, uh, real quick, because uh, if you guys, well, hold on. Let's just say the show is about to change. Just minor changes. We're still, uh, you know, news still starting to rise. Still peep show. Um, but just real quick. First of all, we're shortening. I think uh, the little the intros we do, except for this one, because I'm rambling. <laughs> and uh, we're also sh- we're also shortening. The news. We're just kind of talking points, and then uh, we either have an interview or a discussion point um, that we're going to be doing this week. Of course, is an interview with uh, Mark Gregory. Thank you, Mark, uh, for joining us on the show. Um, if he's listening, <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, th- well, I don't know, of course, but the last thing because you guys don't even know is free fun. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna rotate free fun with mobile games. We have free fun this week. Um, but next week will be a mobile game because we keep leaving out mobile games because we don't really have a spot for them. But they deserve just as much attention because really the majority of mobile games are de- are indie uh, developers taking their first stride into the indie game community. But with all that said, step into the, sun. the baby steps. <laughs> uh, why don't you take your step into the sun, Rev, and uh, let us know what's been going on real quick. Uh... Work, 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 more work, work. Uh, I logged uh, 52 billable hours, uh, configured some NAS, rebuilt a couple of servers, and... Uh, and I saved the have... world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I've got some whiskey sour. I got to play... I did I did get to play Never Alone. Um, I kind of co-opted work equipment so that I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I took my work laptop home with me and was like, fuck them, you guys. Ooh. I'm going to be playing games. And, uh... Yeah. No, I, I think my boss is okay as long as I'm not watching porn on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Oops. no, I'm I'm so excited. I, I'm, I, it, I can play games on my... on that laptop, not yeah. my laptop. Sweet balls. So. Really cool. I, I um... This is going to sound like a really small thing, but uh, earlier this week, my girlfriend and I decided that my room wasn't set up properly. It was a huge mess, and we needed to do something about it. So after two consecutive nights of staying up until about five in the morning, cleaning out trash, rearranging tables, taking stuff, putting stuff into boxes, because I can't throw things away because of separation anxiety, but... You're a pack rat. I, I'm, a, I'm a pack rat. I'm not quite a hoarder, as bad as it sounds, but she, she's like, you're a hoarder. You, you hoard. Not as bad as the people on the show knows. But uh, an accumulative, uh, we did about six hours a night, and we this this room is now almost spotless. Like you can actually like 
if we ever move to webcams on the show, I won't feel self-conscious about having crap behind me. <laughs> on my mic sound different. It's because all the like all the stuff. Acoustics are changed. <laughs> yeah, that's the, dude. Twelve hours is a lot of stuff that you can move. Um, other than that, I drove I drove a hundred miles yesterday for deliveries, and it's and it sucked. <laughs> How about well, you? well, hopefully that, that that translates to good tips, eh? Yeah, uh, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, about me, it's more work stuff. We're all been working this week, it seems. God, freaking being productive. Pills. Yeah. The hell. Um, responsible adults. <laughs> but yeah, work for me too. And of course, the closer we get to Thanksgiving, the uh, larger my right arm will get because of uh, lifting frozen turkeys and it's gonna look like i know it it's gonna look like that i'm a charger from left for dead see you didn't know where i was gonna go with that you're like but it also looks like i was whacking off all day (laughs) all day every day but that's what uh, i can already feel it in my shoulder i'm just gonna have like one large what's gonna happen after thanksgiving is i'm gonna be a blimp with one large muscular arm (laughs) <laughs> no, see, you know what? You, you laugh about that. I have a muscle, like, a, like I'm a relatively skinny person, but, like, my right shoulder is very well defined because of all the sword swinging that I do with, like, heavy sticks. So it's like I, my neck is uneven because of that. You're going to look like that, and you're not even going to have the, like, oh, I fight with swords yeah, as a cool story. See, see I, had a, I had a similar I fight with turkeys, bitch. <laughs> When I when I played bass, and I'll make this quick. When I played bass, my my left hand because the the frets on a bass guitar are significantly farther apart uh, than a regular guitar, and so I was doing a lot of you know intricate stuff with my with my left hand, and so the wrist on my on my left hand was almost twice the size of the one on my right, and you could look at them and be like, oh yeah, that's a really big difference. What do you do? And it's like I play bass. That's the, don't worry, it's not spasms. <laughs> Uh, <sighs> I think I need a cortisone injection, but uh, Before all, that, I, all I can really give myself is a Nini News injection. Look at that shit. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an Indie News injection. Thanks, Indie Games. Starting out this week on Indie News Injection, Poncho, that lovable little robot, the people who are making him came out with an update after their failed Kickstarter attempt. And yes, they have been making the game like we hoped. And boy, does it look good. Yes. So they have added a lot of things. For one, they have added a lot more critters and creatures, updated their AI, and they are going to be coming out with images of those soon. They have also changed the way the gameplay works where with uh, separating the different... Um, layers that you phase between a lot more so it's easier to tell which layer you are on and also adding uh, color transitions between them so you know visually without having to look at an indicator uh, which layer you are actually on as well. They are also in talks with um, excuse me, supporting the game on the PS4 and the PS Vita. They've managed to get enough funding from what I'll bring up in a second to actually get onto those platforms. And they have also secured a developer that, that that they have worked with in the past. They have yet to come out with the developer's name, but they still have complete creative control. Now, Developer this, or publisher? Publisher, I am sorry. I misspoke. I was looking at this page and I was like, oh, development, development. No, they are working with a publisher that they have developed with in the past. Um, 
and they've also secured a lot more funding. Uh, they are also um, in. They, they've also submitted to uh, IGF um, to see if they make it into a finalist in any of the categories, and I think that they really support they that. And on top of that, they got greenlit by Steam. Woo! So, like, m- multiple hurdles. This team is working super hard. Um, they really do care about this uh, this game, and like, it shows in the gameplay. We talked about it before. Oh, it's beautiful. And, yeah, it, it's amazing. You can check out uh, more information uh, in the link below to their blog post, to their website, um, and you know, it's such a fun game. Can we get Danny on here? Oh, I would love to. Yeah, you want to contact him? He's so cool. Yeah, do that. that. that that's you feel free our... to contact whoever the hell you want. Yeah, that, this is for our new PR uh, intern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so, uh, well, you want to do this? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. We, we we can both do it. So, to the guy at GameStop, the guy, if, GameStop you ever <laughs> if you ever miss. <laughs> Sorry, you said both I swear it. to God, I'm going to burn your store down to hurt you. <laughs> uh, the the devs that made uh, Goat Simulator have announced that they're going to make the Goat MMO Simulator. It's out. Uh, oh, is it out? Yeah, already? it's already oh. out. Unfortunately. Okay, so apparently I'm behind times, but you know it's a horrible, shitty experience. So it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not though. That's the thing. Okay, like, this is expected to be one fantastic thing about uh, indie games here. Just the. To, I know we're not doing talking points since we had an interview, but uh, is that indie games can be hated by so many, like a certain indie game, uh, not to mention any names, and um, simulator. But yeah, so many other people play the shit out of it. Well, I'm not. I'm not denying that it's fun. I, I will never deny that it is fun to run around as a retarded goat and run into trees see- and stuff. I can see but, killing some time, but to, to 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 charge what do they charge like fifteen bucks? Uh, well, you know that's a that's a that's a business decision, and I'm, I'll I can't go into my that business stays in my pants. I mean my <laughs> wallet. But you know, I like I I love the idea. I love the idea of them saying, you know what, we're gonna push the absurdity level even further, and we're not actually doing it as an MMO. No, it's a simulation of the MMO. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's well. I think I think actually this this does actually raise the game up a level in in their defense, I guess. is because it's it's no longer just retarded. It's no longer just stupid. They're actually adding satire to a game. it. They're adding because yeah. they're 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 um, they're satirically making fun of WoW through Goat Simulator. Now that I can kind of get behind because they're okay. There it's it's now about humor and less about stupid. <laughs> if that <laughs> makes sense. You can play some microwave. Well, yes, I'm actually looking forward to that. Can you believe that? With legs, and you can, like, set people on fire. Like, I I legitimately, I had no interest in Goat Simulator. Like, it was fun, and I appreciated the the, the social commentary that, the, the, that they presented with it. This takes that commentary to a whole new level. Like, this is, this is now at a level of absurdist realism that rivals Stephen Colbert. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that. Well, I was thinking like I was thinking it, it's starting to like go up to South Park, like you know what I mean. Where that's their whole th- South Park's whole thing is, is satire, and they again they did a Wow episode, which was hilarious. And 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 of course that's not. I mean, it was it was the humor 
is witty, but at the same time stupid. And it's right. starting to reach that point where it's 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 now becoming a game that makes sense in that way. <laughs> yeah, and but in a nonsensical way. <laughs> in the nonsensical, way. it gives you more things to do. Yeah, it's but like a Van Gogh painting. It is, of it, is <laughs> it is free DLC by the way. So if you yes. bought the game, so and that's the other nice thing about it. It's, I mentioned fifteen bucks is like, I, like really, but now that they're releasing this for free, you know, it's it's starting. Released. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Released. <laughs> uh, they released it for free. It's 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 added to the content and um, and and they they yeah. have done this in the past. Like they they added another level that you could play a few months ago for free. We didn't talk about it because it's literally the same thing in a different level. <laughs> Coach simulator honest, on a farm. <laughs> one, of the, one of the coolest things they had about this, and I and I watched some gameplay of this, where you you start out and the chat just erupts in in relatively like normal MMO sort of like runescapey talk and and for a second you're like we're not online I didn't join a server these aren't real people there's gold farmers but yeah exactly are <laughs> you there are people like hey everyone hop over to the goat pile and the starting starting thing we're gonna you know do this thing or hey you know I'm selling this or something like that but it's like it's really like it, it, it's constant. It's not spammy, but it's constant, and it's and it's just that extra level of like depth that they actually made this to be an MMO simulator. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, like it, I've I've played Goat Simulator, and it was gimmicky <laughs> and, to say and, the least. And, and you know, I, I I wanted to try all the the cool stuff that everyone else had you know tried, but this is like with you know six classes, all this other stuff. It yeah, I kind of I kind of feel bad because. The, we, you know, our show is all about supporting indie games, and I, I feel bad knocking this game all the time. I, I think I think it's a little bit. I think it it's a little bit easier. Game. I know. I think it's, it's a little game. bit easier is because the no, the studio no. behind it, you know, has created great games. Yeah. You know what I mean. So it's a little bit easier. I know they're good developers. It's just this game particularly. It was like, intentionally <laughs> designed, and I will right. never take that away from them. Right. However. I do think that it's kind of getting late in the UK, and we should probably bring Mark to the into the chat for the oh, interview. Oh snap! Yeah. Talk about a game that's not stupid. We're right? talking Solarix. Interviewing oh. Solarix dev Mark Gregory, one of the devs of Solarix, the indie game about uh, stealth. Sorry, I can't speak or think today. Uh, about stealth with a uh, slightly creepy environment, and it's still currently in early access, um, but you can still check it nope. out. It's not in early access anymore. Nope. Where is it? <laughs> available early 2015, Josh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, okay, not early access. I'm sorry. Early access is the wrong <laughs> words. <laughs> I, sorry. I meant, I, meant, I meant early build. Early development is what I meant. I just think early access. Because, alpha. Alpha. Yeah, here we go. Alpha. <laughs> it is an alpha build. And uh, we have some questions for Mr. Mark Gregory, because this is an interview, and that's what we do in interviews. So, first things first, before we actually talk about the game, we always like to ask, uh, because what the, the show in the Game Ride is about, uh, if you know or don't know, is um, really just helping uh, indie devs and the games and just really strengthening the community around indie games. Um, what about the indie game community have you really enjoyed the most? Like, what's what's some of the best experiences you had, uh, whether it be with fans or their devs or even just developing your game? Um, 
so far the biggest highlight has been the response to the people that I got to play that I've got to play the alpha so far. Um, last weekend we did a um, our first expo in the UK um, in Hull, and uh, the feedback was really overwhelming from the whole gaming community. Really, the people I managed to get hands on with the game, um, they were playing game the game in so many different ways like, that we never even thought of. Like, they found that many different hooks in the game that we just didn't, we didn't even know existed. I mean, after you spend four years staring at a screen and playing this thing every day, it all kind of just blurs together. So getting it out there and getting it into people's hands was was a real was a real eye opener for us. That's so. aw- that's awesome because you mentioned it was like a uh, um, the stealth aspect where you kind of had to figure out your way around it. It's kind of kind of excuse me. It kind of sounds puzzly. Uh, in a way, just because you have to kind of strategize, um, but it's so it's not it's not linear um, as far as like how to get from point A to point B, um, which is awesome that that's so open like that. No, no, yeah, um, stealth's a, a huge aspect of our. Well, it's the biggest gameplay pull that we've got, obviously, and uh, like with any stealth game, you have to um, interact, watch, and learn the AI uh, to learn its patterns and uh, if you try to do anything quickly in Solarix you're going to become unstuck rather quickly so so um, that's a a follow up question to to that point and this isn't one of my actual interview questions it just kind of (laughs) came to mind is how do you how do you combat the 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 problem that previous stealth games have had when uh, you know when when you like, we'll, we'll we'll use a triple A AAA game for example, one I'm relatively familiar with, the, the Splinter Cell series, because I I love stealth games. I was thinking like, about that I, game too when I thought I, it was. I, I would play a stealth game over any other game any day of the week, but you know some of the some of the older uh, Splinter Cell games definitely had a problem with the replayability. Sure, there were a couple of different paths that you could take, but the AI always always was in the same spots doing the same thing, and, and their their pathing and their uh, their their alertness level, as it were, was always dictated in a very strict manner. So how did you combat that with Solarix? Um, see, the gameplay premise for our game is, is really um, old school, shall we say, in its, in its root, rooting. Um, most of the guys are 30 years and older on the team. We've got no really young, younger devs on the team. Um, so we all grew, grew up playing the original Thief games, um, the very first Splinter Cells, like you said, System Shock 2. Um, Half-Life, so we were kind of all really influenced by those sorts of games, Deus Ex. Um, So, our philosophy around the way the AI works is um, isn't too dissimilar from from what you've already discussed, Um, the set pathways and the AI is just really switched on. It's a at times it feels like it's living and breathing because we spent 12, 12 to 18 months of in the back end, developing the AI before we set to on anything else, really. So, um, it, se- it seems like you guys are really—you're not rushing this at all. You're making sure that it's polished, that it's that it's not gonna—you're uh, not gonna just like get stuck and break the game or anything like that. That's 
probably a really good thing because we've seen a lot of these like, <laughs> early build games have that issue in the in the yeah. indie game community. So the I'm design glad. premise, yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole design premise behind the game is not to hold players' hands. So in Solaris, you don't get a mini map, you don't get a map at all. Um, you get hint. There's no cutscenes cut or anything like that. It's everything's prompted in on screen. Um, so you have to pay attention to your environment and you have to pay attention to what the um, uh, what the characters are, are telling you is your next objective. You obviously have an objective screen and then it's up to you to navigate the environment how you want. So uh, we're not going to hold players' hands there, you know. Yeah. And I feel like that also ties in with Rev's question with replayability because, yeah, there, there are a lot of, um, you know, from from what we're gathering like there are you know set paths and and set actions that the ai is going to do but you're not trapped in a hallway like a lot of older stealth games are where it's you have to stealth between this point and that point and there's a wall on your right and there's a wall on your left, <laughs> and there's stuff in front of you have yeah. fun and, and that's fun like like all of us have had fun playing those games but you don't see a lot of and I think the new the new Thief game that came out tried the the open world thing, but it was very much a here's a kind of an open world, and then you have to go into this dark hallway that leads you to another hallway and another window, and there's a very clear path. And I and it kind of seemed like yeah, Thief was kind of like a, yeah. a dishonor type thing. Yeah, and that actually ties into another question of mine. Segway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because that because this game is is very open ended. Um, do you in play have style. Yeah, in, in play style. Do you have uh, story arcs that change depending on how you go about the game, or are the objectives pretty like straightforward in that aspect? The, the objectives are, are pretty linear, but how you um, okay. go about completing an objective is totally up to you. As, so, as, so we're not going to have a. We're not gonna have an issue like in Dishonored that was mentioned, where you you have two different ways of going going about a level: the good way or the bad way. And if you do the bad way, you get the bad ending. But if you do the good way, you get the good ending. But it doesn't tell you that straight. No, out. We're, we're focused just on just on one set narrative, awesome. not multiple multiple ways of telling I, the story. So I like that. That way, oh. you can get a, a good narrative down that actually makes sense and is fun instead of having to worry about all these different lines and. Yeah, tying in, yeah, and, oh God, yeah. But I mean, our maximum, we were a team of 14, including voice actors. Um, just that we, we just wouldn't have the staff in to, to cope with yeah. that, really. So uh, we've consciously made a design decision to try and make the game achievable. So awesome. <laughs> even though it's been four years. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a labor of love. <laughs> it certainly is, it certainly is. And you mentioned you mentioned some, like, the, the older... Like, I guess I don't know if they they were probably smaller studios at that point, but some of the older games are now considered AAA um, that have inspired this game. Do, are there any uh, indie devs or indie games that that kind of inspired this game, or or even just your choice to be in the in the career of uh, game development? Personally, um, I. I was, when Amnesia came out, it really resonated with me. It really struck me for something that was. I hadn't really been. I hadn't really seen. I hadn't really been scared by a game since I first probably played Resident Evil when I was <laughs> all of. I guess that's that scary. When I was all, when I was all of nine, ten years old, sat in my sat in my friend's kitchen, hovered over a 
Yeah, the first time TV, TV, and, and just shit in my pants as a ten-year-old, thinking I shouldn't be playing this. Really, first like, time the zombie dogs <laughs> came through, I, I background yeah, my pants. But yeah, I pretty, yeah, I think everybody did, you know. <laughs> or that very first zombie. Yeah. I don't know what was more horrifying now, though the the, the voice acting in that game or um, <laughs> or the uh, or the actual game design behind it. So, <laughs> so in terms of like horror level. Um, like on your site, there's a lot of stuff about like how this is actually, it's not a jump scary game. It's a very like drawn out psychological horror. Like, are you looking for a similar level of horror to those older games where you are actually afraid most of the time and not even of something possibly popping out at you, but actually scared? That's what we'd like to achieve. That's the type level we'd like to achieve. Um, but it's more about the horror of the story and the horror of what okay. the human the human mind can go through as well when right. it's stuck in a an environment that's not um, not normal. So yeah, what, kinda... was the, uh, uh, what was the response with the people who played the game at your last expo about like that aspect of it? Were they were they actually like genuinely scared or was the like how how did that go down? Um, it went down. Well, maybe not quite as well as what I was hoping. They found the gameplay, if I'm honest, more. There's more tension in the gameplay um, because our AI, as I've said before, is super switched on. They were more focused on. They were more focused on not getting caught. It was. That's that's what I was going to say. Actually, is that um, that I think that for me personally, that's scarier than any kind of jump. I mean, a jump scare makes you jump and scream and, and whatever, but then it's over. There, that constant tension of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You know, you're. I can imagine because there were times like you mentioned amnesia, um, you know, and even Outlast where you're like hiding in a corner in a shadow, and yeah. and you and the thing is like right there in front of you, and you're just like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Um, I can imagine that being amplified like a hundred times in this game, just because that's like the the, the stealth aspect is being the main mechanic of it. Yeah. So the, the way that um, we, the way that I would describe that is, um, you can say you see your objective. Um, you want to take out the lights around that area. So I pull out my pistol, um, which is silenced. I take out the lights, making sure that the AI is not surrounding the lights because the AI can hear that the bulb's broken and they'll go and investigate. So wait till he's got, wait till he's um, a decent and decent amount away so that I can shoot out the light I can then I can go and hack um, but if I've got no bullets because there's really limited um, ammunition within the game then there's the stress of you're turning around all the time whilst you're hacking because while you're hacking you're taking down the, the mainframe at the same time, the security on the door so you've got to be super switched on all the time and be listening for those footsteps and listening for those audio cues from the AI talking to itself or talking um, in the background to each other Man, that audio, so, that audio uh, engineering is is key too. That's gonna when I when we when we get to play this game fully. I don't know. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna have so much tension, and Rev's gonna just die. <laughs> no, I can handle the tension in gameplay. It's the 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 scary, creepy thriller aspect. <laughs> but I okay. Speaking of speaking of tension and tension breaking, um, you know one of the one of the more recent engagements that I had with the game that absolutely ruined my experience with the game 
was uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution and the boss fights in this. Because, I, like I said, I play a lot of stealth games. I prefer that genre. I love that genre. And I stealth my way through every bloody level of that game. And then I get to a boss fight. And my only option is to go balls to the wall with a machine gun to try and get through this. And I'm geared completely for stealth and, stealth, and yeah. mode hack. Yeah. So are we going to encounter... I'm I'm hoping and I'm assuming no, but uh, are we going to end up with a similar situation in Solarix where we're able to completely ghost through the through the area, but then we have to go Rambo on a boss? You can ghost through everything. Um, there are no bosses. There's some AI that's even more switched on than than our mercenaries. Um, we have a. Uh, um, a cyborg, um, if you will, and um, he's by far the most powerful enemy that you'll come across in the game. You don't come across him too often. He's used really sparingly, um, but you don't you don't want to you don't want to tangle with, with that guy. <laughs> you need to um, take you take your time and and, uh, and hack just, him down. Try, uh, try try and get try and get around him because he'll he'll waste you. You're not um, our protagonist Walter is a um, is an electrical engineer, he's not a soldier he's woken up, he's lost his ma- memory and um, everybody's dead so he's not a soldier, so he's not geared for combat, so any sort of combat in the game that you get into is going to feel really clunky and really underpowered because oh. you're not a soldier and because you've never fired a weapon before so now uh, you can't go around popping off headshots and, no. and because you're going to run out of ammo and then there's going to be parts where you can't get past so it's all about conserving your ammunition and being being aware of what your next, next objective is. We do have a shotgun in the game for when shit hits the fan <laughs> um, but that thing makes a load of noise and it's going to draw everything in, within the area to you so it's really, you don't want to be using that if you can if you can get away with it so now, this isn't my this isn't my interview question either, but I, just a follow up to that. <laughs> <laughs> but now it makes sense to me, and I, and I'm pretty sure to everyone listening that since you're explaining it, that uh, uh, since he's not a soldier, it's going to feel clunky. But when you say clunky, is it do you do you make the controls purposefully like like he can't like the aiming isn't very steady or anything like that, or is it like? Is it is it kind of like that? Because I feel like I feel like there's people out there who aren't going to understand. They're not going to get that into their head, and okay. they're going to complain about it. Do you do you think that might happen? Or so probably more to do with the the recoil that'll happen and uh, the time that it'll take to reload a weapon. That is that the way is the way we'll try and balance that. Mm. That's a really that's actually really cool that you would say that because that is a real world issue. Like having. I mean, I know that you're in the UK and firearms aren't very readily available. And, you know, and, 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 no, uh, paintball gun, dude. I have a paintball gun. I will shoot you yeah. with a paintball gun. No, no, I'm just saying like, those, are really, those are really realistic things to happen. Like, you know, having, you know, fired a lot of different types of weapons, like those are the issues that you come across. It's like you, you don't know how exactly to, the magazine will fit into the gun or you might, um, you know, short, uh, short cock a slide and your first shot won't even go off and you'll have to you know, re recock the slide or something like that. And that that's actually a really cool way of no one knows what you're adding about. 
What was that? No one knows you don't what, you're know what I'm talking about. about. No, I know what you're talking about. But... It's, it's a really, it's a really cool way of, of adding that you know level of like you said clunkiness into the game that isn't hindering the player. It, so, but so it it's more, it's more like the, it's more like realistic clunkiness. It's not like you're purposefully making it uh, like to to put it into an example like uh, uh, um, what the hell the the, the surgeon simulator where yeah. they purposely make it like ridiculously <laughs> stupid. You know what I mean? It's it's Quop. yeah. <laughs> um, but my actual interview question, anyway, is uh, you mentioned um, I don't I forget if you mentioned it during the interview or not, but you mentioned to me at least um, before the interview that you actually have this voice acted. Um, what made you decide to do that? And um, if you want to shout out some of the voice actors, that's that's fine too. Um, can you repeat the question? Sorry, I kind of got lost. <laughs> no, it's okay. I didn't hear what the question was either. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, rambled <laughs> i okay well you know what ramble yourself um <laughs> voice you, you mentioned to me that that voice actors uh, are in the game what made you decide to to get the game voice acted instead of like just uh, a sound protagonist with monsters um is, to, is it to like try a get, full... to try and get across the point of our story really um we have um we've been lucky enough to have a talented uh writer come on board and and he had a story to tell and the best way to, to honor that was to was to hire some guys um to, to do that. We've been lucky that we've had a couple of AAA guys that have worked on AAA titles. Really? Um, you yeah. are you allowed to say who? Yeah, we've had um uh, Joe Thomas who's worked on um oh my god, what was the DC, DC uh, fighting game? DC Universe oh. on no, oh, okay. no, no. Uh, yeah, DC yeah. versus yeah. yeah he's, pl- he's worked on WoW and things like that. We've had um, uh, God, put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> dun dun dun. Trying to remember who our VO are. Uh, Mad Lucas, who's worked on several mobile games in the past. He's also worked on Deus Ex: The Fall. Um, not sure if that's a good or a bad thing for him. Um, <laughs> um, dun dun dun. And. Uh, Several um, other VO. I'm not sure what Tamara's worked on before, but she does a stand-up job as the character Betty, um, and uh, Perry as our AI Amy. Um, she's excellent, and she's worked in several uh, games before as well. So uh, awesome. every, everybody's got experience um, working in video games. So I, I just like how fully rounded you're developing this game out. Because I mean, a lot of indie games, understandably, you know, have to cut, you know, certain things out of the games whether it be art or voice acting you know with yeah. audio and things like that so i Music. really like right, right so i really like how you're you're putting everything into this and taking your time we're, we're, we're trying i mean um well i'll be brutally honest it's, it's too big um for a team of our size but mm-hmm. we're so close now there's there's we got we're putting everything into finish into finishing it and trying to polish it as as much as we can, you know. Well, it looks um, fantastic because I mean, I'm going to put yeah. that gameplay footage in into the edited version of the show, um, and you got some great uh, uh, textures going on because uh, in the new gameplay footage you showed me, I mentioned that like the the walls, the, there's water dripping down them. They look like really nice and reflective, and they actually look wet. Um, it, <clears throat> so that's, you're you're doing a great job for like you said, a team of your size, yeah. and and you said too. Um, you mentioned some of you guys. You got. Um, I just wanted to shout out because you know they're all obviously putting hard work into this. Um, Boris and Iman, 
Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the last names. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Boris and Iman, uh, David Stanziger, uh, Adel Sonatov. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do the, they do the programming, um, or the the first two do the programming. David and Adele do the art. FX artist Stan Daniel and musician Eddie Kasabian. So you're all doing a great job. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I have a, a a question that sort of ties in with the with the voice acting thing a little bit. Um, how so so it's a very story driven game, which is what I'm getting for through this. How are you telling the story? Because, you know, you don't really have, you know, a map. You, you, you say that you're very minimal menus. Like, is this through the main character, you know, talking or, you know, other characters that you found along the way? So, um, you know, like uh, the way that they did it in Half-Life is probably the easiest way. Okay. So you, you were told the story in game. All right. So the story unfolds in game. We have a totally silent protagonist and, um, the, the story's told through uh, through the different characters that you come across and different the stuff game, like you said. The game. Yeah, yeah, different set pieces that, that will happen. As I said before, there's, there's no cutscenes, so it's very old school in its um, design premise. So we've tried, tried to honor that as much as possible because we kind of want to show kids today what it was like to play games when we were growing up. You know, you guys seem, seem around the same age as me. You know? So back in the PC gaming heyday, you know, uh, we kind of want to show people that we didn't have people, we didn't have IGN to hold a hand through walkthroughs <laughs> and things like that, you know. So, yeah. Well, um, I think that's. Uh, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to bring up, Tech, before I just kind of okay. uh, no, go through some Rev, of the information on the game? Rev, is there anything else that you had a question about? Well, I was doing that because Rev is dead. So. Oh, Rev died. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, Basically, just give us some information on the game. The website, <coughs> excuse me, is pulsetense.com slash Solarix. I, I keep wanting to say Solarix. Solarix. Um, and uh, you can check it. You can actually follow the game on Steam. Um, so I'm assuming you're, you're going to get that on Steam eventually. It's um, already on Steam. Dude. Oh, you can actually buy it. I'm sorry. You can't, no, you can't buy it. Or, it's just the, the community hub's already in place and everything. So we, our store page is already, is already yeah, there on Steam. releases, the people will be able to buy it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I, that's why I'm meaning to say it's just I'm like I'm working on like four hours of sleep too. Now, um, now here's a quick question: uh, Are you going to just release the full game when it's released? Or are you going to have a, an early access period or a beta period where people can buy in? That's a good question. Uh, a single player game doesn't suit that oh, business that's... model, in our in our opinion, at least anyway. So we're gonna we're gonna wait till it's um, we're gonna wait till it's done. Awesome, awesome, and. That's a uh, well, now you now you threw me off. Tech. You were talking about the uh, you know the website. The yeah, the website. Um, oh yeah, the it's going to be available on PC first, uh, and you said eventually it's going to be um, on on Mac as well. Is there any chance for a Linux release ever? Um, our version of because we're using UDK, it doesn't doesn't support that. And um, maybe if we get hold of the source code from Epic um, for UE3, maybe we can do that one day. But for now, PC. That's, that's for, for now. PC is the main focus. All right. Yeah. All right. And awesome. And you want the Xbox release talked um, about. Talked about. Not gone any further. Okay. So. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be released. Uh, you said in early 2015, hopefully. Um, and no prices yet, just because you know you're going to talk about that and discuss. It's you got plenty of time to discuss that. Uh, yeah. And I think I heard Rev back. Do you have any last things yep. to say before? I, uh, 
I'm back. I have two two really super fast questions. Okay. Uh, one, uh, a more lighthearted m- nature. Uh, does your team wear pants when they're working on the game? <laughs> I'd hope so. Some of the amount of Skype <laughs> sessions that we've done, it'd be kind of weird if not. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one is... Uh, do you have like a newsletter that or something that I could sign up for so that as soon as the game is released, I can start playing it? We're actually um, on a press, uh, press junket. So for him. Yes, but I want an instant. There, there, is, like, there is no list at the moment. Um, it's something we're working on on the website. The back end of the website has gone over, gone, had a massive overhaul in the last three months. We now have forums, which we uh, try and keep up to date as much as possible with that. We're desperately trying to populate. So anybody that does take an interest in the game, be sure to go along to there and sign up to it. Um, we keep our Steam page really up to date with everything that's going on. So any sort of uh, updates um, that we put out, we put out through Steam as well. So you could always follow us on that, and then you would get the latest updates. You could follow the game on Steam, then you'd get the latest updates as well. So, and you also have a Twitter. So. Uh, we do, we do, which we're really active on, uh, which is at Pulse Tense Games, and we also have a Facebook, which is the same. So awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for for joining us on the show. I know you got to get to sleep because it's late over there. Uh, it's like four o'clock in the morning over, over there, in the, over in the yeah. UK, and uh, yeah. So again, PulseTense.com/slash/lurks. Go check it out. Buy it when it comes out. We'll let you know. And we'll keep you updated. Of course, you can always check on uh, uh, on our stuff as well, like our Twitter and all that. Blah blah blah. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pimp us out because that's just shameful. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks again, Mark. Any uh, any last words? <laughs> nope. Nope. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Awesome. Enjoy myself, Jess. Great right, talk. See you. Some sleep. It's, okay. it's been an honor. Sleep well. Good night. Cheers, Cheers boys. See you later. Bye. Now that it's four o'clock in the morning in the UK and Mark has drifted off into Coder's dreamland, we need a riot to wake him up. Start the riot. Ah! And this week on Starting the Riot, we have an amazing game. Uh, it's called Never Alone because you are never alone. Except for uh, you, this ga- you're always alone. Well, yeah, so. forever alone. Forever alone. <laughs> Me and my hand. Oh. And my controller that's plugged into my laptop playing Never Alone. <laughs> um, it, it's actually uh, it, it's it's uh, indigenous name is uh, I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation and I apologize oh, to wait. every Alaska native. Note, note to self: slow this part down, slow motion. All right, go ahead. Kizama Ingechudnuna. Kizama Ingechudnuna. Perfect. <laughs> no, that was bad, and I know it was bad. <laughs> You're bad. Um, you should feel bad. So this was a. Uh, this was a. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, this game was developed in collaboration with the Inupiat, um, a, a native Alaskan people, and it tells the story of uh, one of uh, my understanding is one of their cultural legends, um, and, and the. One of the interesting things about this game was not just the game itself, because it's kind of a it's a it's a puzzle platformy adventure type game. The art style, fucking amazing. Like it's, I could just it is stare. cool. It, it it's very well done, There's... and even if you drop it down to low settings, <laughs> like low quality, 
it's still amazing. There's a screenshot and, on the website of I'm not sure what you would call it, but it's like got a big face with giant eyes and it's wearing a, a parka. Have you seen it? Uh, which be more specific? Is it the bad guy dude? I don't know or if he's the pipe. I don't know if he's a bad guy. He's like holding something glowing in front of the and the. Oh no, that's a that's a friend. He gives you he gives you the uh, he gives you the bola. I just think uh, he gives you Ebola. The bo- a bola, <laughs> not Ebola. Get out of Tanzania. No, I was saying like that. That was the first thing that caught my eye out of their screenshots, and it, I don't know. The dude I think just looks really cool. The the art style, like I said, it's fantastic, and and the change in tempo, I guess, is a good way. They really manage that. But the thing that really really sucks me into this game is I like. Okay, it's a it, it's a puzzly platformy game. I went into this with the understanding that it's a puzzly platformy adventure game, and I just wanted to experience the gameplay. But what I found myself doing is hunting every bloody level for these little owls that <laughs> you unlock new videos, and it's not videos in the game, but it, they've actually sat down and done interviews with people that are from this oh, cool. uh, from this Alaskan tribe. And, and, you know, tell, you know, tell us about the lifestyle. Tell us about how it was when you were growing up. Tell us about things like that. And, and you know, give us demonstrations. Tell us about your, your art. And, and so, like, I'm frantically searching for these unlockable videos. And they do a very good job. If you're just running through the game, you'll unlock most of them. Um, I, th- I think I've only missed like two and I'm about, I'm, I'm assuming I'm two thirds of the way through the game. Um, <clears throat> cause, uh, spoiler or no, not spoiling. Um, yeah, I was going yeah, to be like, no, there's a very emotional moment. I'm not a very emotional person, but I had to stop playing the game and, and turn it off and, and, and like compose myself. And I haven't had to do that since I was playing, uh, what was the game? Uh, Spec Ops. And that was more an introspective. This one like emotionally touched me because like, give me this or I'm going to. And so I did something and then something else <laughs> happened and it was bad. I'm trying not to spoil it I for think, you guys. I think it helps too, just the fact that it's freaking beautiful. Yeah, it is. Like it's and, just aesthetically, and, aesthetically, it, it makes you emotional just by looking at it. Like you said, the artwork is just like it's it's like a cultural impact on you. Um, and and I don't know if I, if you read in the website, the art and actually the the story all came from those native storytellers that they were talking to. Yeah, right. Like directly they have from a lot, them. And they like like with Redwood what you were saying Rev like they have a lot of stuff that you can unlock in the game but like mm-hmm. they did like it's not it they didn't just do research like they actually brought people in like this is as much as their game as, as it is the native. developers exactly right. and and it's like then you look at some of the art that that they got from the, from uh these peoples and you look at the pictures that they have and the environments that they've been in and it's just like it's so amazing because you can act, you can really see the culture. You can, you can see how they lived and how they created art and their ideas and, and how they brought that from reality into this game. And it's very human. 
Like, you, you don't get a lot of games where you have that sort of human connection. And right. I feel like that's always the thing that, that is really big in the... Yeah, there is there is the, kind of a disconnect with a lot of, like, violent games and things like yeah, that. Exactly. Just because it's just so... It's so over the top, but I think I think too with this particular culture, the Inuit culture. You said there's it's a specific tribe. Um, yeah, Inu- Inupiat. Right. It, it's not a culture that's really. How do I say? It? It's not. It's not something that people really. When they, when about? you think when you think about a minority culture, it's not. You know, you think of you know Native Americans like we talked to uh, Elizabeth. Um, how long ago <clears throat> about her tribe? She's she's yeah. I guess technically she, Canada is part of the Americas. So, but I'm, I'm just saying, like any <laughs> anywhere in the world. But right. But you know the the tribes up in Alaska and, and northern Canada and all that sort of stuff um, tend to get short shrift. Right. You don't really think about them. So it's it's cool that um, that we're finally getting attention on this and, and realizing how beautiful of a culture it is. Yeah. And and, and go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Jinx, you Amika. <laughs> Brought to you by Domino's. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the things that that really um, helps sell this game is 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 looking at the the art and hearing the music that the uh, native elders and their storytellers are are giving in these interviews and in the videos that you you unlock as you play and then seeing things in game like you're you're you have an animal companion this game is technically co-op capable i refuse really? to play it co-op yeah and I refuse to play it co-op because of one of our listeners who, uh, when I first announced that I was going to play it, was like, no, seriously, you're going to murder whomever you're playing with. Um, but it is, uh, you're, you're playing as a little girl named Nuna, I believe is the pronunciation. And she has an animal companion, an Arctic fox. And... As you play through this game, you know the the fox being you know na- you know the embodiment of of nature, as it were. You know he has connections to the spirit world, and so you're finding yourself using the fox to unlock or, or access spirit helpers, so that you can progress through the puzzles. And, like, one of the big things that started really drawing me emotionally into this game was the fact that when one of the characters dies, and it's, excuse me, it's possible for them to die, and it's a relatively quick thing, but, you know, if you accidentally fall off your ice flow into the ocean while being chased by the bear, or the bear catches up to you and kills you, the other one reacts to that, and it's such a simple little thing. It's such a simple little thing. If the fox is, if you're playing as the fox and the fox dies, you know, the the little girl drops to her knees and kind of just cries a little bit. And it's not like a over the top, you know, oh, he's dead. No, mm-hmm. it's just like a oh. Well, that sucks, you know. Yeah. And, and and if she's the one that dies, <laughs> I was just imagining uh, someone like if you died and like your wife or your husband were like, oh, oh that, that sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the that the the tonality, not necessarily the meat of that, was was what I was going for. Right, and, and you know, when if the little girl dies, if you accidentally fall off a cliff, you know, the fox circles up in a little ball, you know, covers his face with his tail, and does a little sad whine. Like this game really draws me into it just for that alone. 
So I, I really want to say, you know, good good on Upper One Games uh, for for bringing this to us. The, the 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 controls are nice. the The co op aspect of it, I'm afraid to try because I don't want to hurt anybody <laughs> if they accidentally kill my fox. And you know, I oh, it, it, it's amazing. I can't say enough about this game. So right now, is it um, what <coughs> it's it's available for just PC? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's yeah. just for, just for Windows, but okay. it's not Steam. It, it is on Steam, right? Yeah. Well, but but you can also get it off of Steam. Well, it's PC, Xbox One, and PS4 actually, and oh, Steam, okay. and and then yeah, like you said, direct download. Um, and then it is currently what is the price currently? I'm actually looking, uh, looking for that because they don't have it. They don't have it ready available. Yeah. Um, uh, let me go back to Steam. Wow, we did our while, while you guys are. Well, are, that's because I, we have the website open and yeah. it's usually like right there. But I just realized that it's and, not. It's, <laughs> and you know, we, we're talking so much about this game, but like it's it's being picked up. Like this is you know an indie game, but we're talking publications like Time and The Guardian and NPR and Mirror and NPR. And it's like I I actually heard about this game on NPR while I was working. I'm like, oh, we're going to be talking about that later this week. And it's like it's like there's a reason people are talking about. It. There's a reason we we this is the second time we've talked about this game. And we need more games like this to like I mean we I mentioned Elizabeth earlier but she she's kind of like a crusader for um you know talk for getting uh, 15 bucks for 13.49 on Steam right now. There you go. Um but she was she's she's kind of a crusader for getting um, more attention to to cultures like this, um, and 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 she always. What am I, I can't think of the words, man. I can't think of the words. <laughs> it's just too beautiful. I can no. It's well, no <laughs> lack of sleep. But anyway, yeah. More attention to these these kinds Definitely. of cultural games yeah. because we need it. And um, Elizabeth, uh, she's actually. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. To be honest, it's it starts with an M. Or Tennessee, no. or no? I'm thinking of your friend Elizabeth. Um, yeah, thank I, you. I believe it's it's Tennessee, but Tennessee. I'm horrible with pronunciation. Well, there you go. She's on our Twitter. You can follow her because she uh, tweets out about a lot of stuff. If you are into like these cultural games, um, but also please follow. If you're going to do that, follow. Um, uh, God, look at me! Like my four hours of sleep. <laughs> uh, upper one games. Jeez. All right. Well, before I have an aneurysm, um, I think uh, this is the end of starting the riot, right? Yeah. Did, we, did yeah. we raise a riot? Did we raise a riot? I think we did. We did. Right. At least a peep. <laughs> At least a peep. <laughs> this is the end of starting the riot. And on to Peep Show. Please give all your attention to early access. <laughs> This week on Peep Show, we are checking out a game called End Civ. It is Fallout meets Dwarf Fortress meets Caesar 3. 
It is real. It is. It's seriously. Caesar three. Caesar three is a city building game from like the. I would I would have said something. The time of Caesar. I would have I would said maybe Age of Empires. Well, yeah, Age of Empires. The war. Empire Earth, but like it 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 manages people better than those. True. Okay. Uh, It is a survival city builder where you fight to keep your citizens fed, safe, warm, or watch them wither away in the harsh wasteland they inhabit. It is a game by Crowbox, uh, currently being, um, I believe, Indiegogo'd, if I am not. Yes, it is an Indiegogo. It's an Indiegogo campaign. Mm-hmm. They are looking for $15,000 US or 12,000 euros, which In sounds like, money. exactly, which, <laughs> which sounds like a lot of money, but then you think about it and you're like, that's not a whole lot of money to, um, you know, give to a game of this scope. Like, as Especially some of the other stuff we've talked about. Exactly. Think about it. And, and so this game has a lot of things going for it. It has a very dynamic AI, a dynamic world, day, night, weather, all that stuff. You have to build a city and, you know, there are things that will happen in, in the game. And they have a lot of this in place. They have all the building mechanics already set in stone for their game, as well as the weather, the day, night cycle and the citizen behavior. They've locked down the art style, have plenty of the art done, and even though it's in pre-alpha prototypes, they still they have a really clear direction, which is really good for a company that's coming out and giving us a crowdfunded game. You're talking about dynamic. Dynamic is like the perfect word for this. There's so many there's so many things going on underneath the game that yeah. it, it's it's really impressive uh, for for a small indie studio like like this. Um, it's almost like what um, Mark was talking about with biting off more than you can chew. Right. It, well, it, I, well, I mean, I'm not sure how many people exactly are. There are six people. Oh, you counted them? Yes, they have. <laughs> okay. Here, here let, me, let me just check uh, on their website, which doesn't actually want to load, so I'm not going to load their website. But it, it, was, it, was, it was six people, I think one coder, two uh, artists and then a like a project and head not, and not to mention that uh, two of the two of the coders have seen uh, AAA action yeah. um, Kevin uh, Scheitler by the way this is a, uh, a German it's, it's a German game so I, Kevin Scheitler I don't know <laughs> <laughs> is that offensive <laughs> uh, just mildly he worked yeah. on he worked on a game called handball action obviously no one's heard of that <laughs> At least I I don't know. Okay, all right. We give the guy credit, but uh, but it was made by uh, a large studio. He, yeah, you know he probably just got stuck in that game or something like that. Um, and then the uh, the other guy cuts Siri. I'm not fuck that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. You got a you got a name that's out of my league. Um, but he worked on he he worked on Might and Magic and uh, Black Fro- Prophecy Tactics. Uh, Might and Magic is a pretty d- damn big game. Yeah, um, yeah. Free to play on on Steam, I think it is. Um, so I mean, they've got experience behind yeah, uh, coding exactly. games. So, and I think I think that this is a game that, again, um, you know, we talked about a little bit with Mark about uh, you know n- games not getting finished uh, sometimes when they're in these stages. Yeah. But I think this, I think with these people behind it, um, yeah. that's a very low risk. Yeah, and, and like I said, they already have a lot going for them. They have working prototypes. They have a lot of the, the meat and potatoes, as it were, done. And they've already sunk thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into this game. I think it was something like 
over eight thousand euros, which is which is roughly about ten thousand ish dollars. Real dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, just for the for the cost breakdown, forty three percent of the funding is going to development costs, paying the team, uh, paying for space. You know. Um, different, you know, things that happen in development. I think they basically want to eat while they're developing this game. Exactly. <laughs> um, Which, and I, I don't know, I think it will be really... When I, when I read that, I, I felt like there was a bit of a language barrier in that, because I read that, I'm like, that's kind of weird, and then I thought about it, like, no, that actually makes sense. Um, 42% of the uh, funding is going to game art design, three modeling assets, etc., and then 10% of the funding goes to audio, produ- audio production, and then the 5% is left for Indiegogo fees. Um... For $19 US, it's a little less, but it's basically $19. Um, you can get the game. Uh, you pay a little bit more. You can actually get into the beta of the game. Uh, you can design your own PC for $125 US. And again, on the Indiegogo uh, page, this is all in euros. Uh, I converted it all for you before we went into this. Um, you can design uh, other characters. You can get an art book. You can... Uh, they have a lot of really flexible options for you to fund this game that aren't just get the game. Um, and because it's such a, an in-depth game with, with features that I really like, like a, they, they have yet to, I guess, get this working, but the, the economy that they, they're, that they're proposing in this game is like so awesome. And I've wanted a game like this in this sort of real time strategy game yeah, where, I think you and I are pretty big. I don't know, Rev. You've never really given like a, a strong opinion whether you're into these uh, kind of simulation management games. Are you into city builders? Let me just put it this way: if there is anybody that has logged more than six thousand hours in Rome, <laughs> yeah, I so, have yet to meet them other so, than myself. Yeah. So I, this, it's it's fair to say that all three of us are pretty pumped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, we're all in the city builders. And, and, no, actually, I'm pissed. Why? Because you can't I'm get it. Pissed, yet. and here's why: because they run it. They're they're running their campaign on Indiegogo, and I, for whatever reason, Indiegogo doesn't like my card, what? so I can't can donate. What about I, PayPal? I bet you could. No, my PayPal account is locked because I refuse to give them copies of my social security and birth certificate. Well, that's for tax purposes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but, well, fuck PayPal. But <laughs> see, they have, when I said that this game has a lot of ambition, you know, we've talked about dynamic day-night cycles, we've talked about the citizen AI, but you also have an economy manager that is more than just a standard economy. Because you're in a wasteland, there isn't a lot of stuff, so you can maybe make a city that is really wealthy, but your def- your defense isn't going to have the people dedicated to it to actually make a difference. And because it's wealthy, they're going to get attacked. Exactly. Or I've you- got water. <laughs> Not exactly. anymore. Or you could focus on defense, and then all of a sudden your citizens are starving because you put so much money into defending your lands that you don't have enough farmers to make food. Like, that sort of, again, going back to the word dynamic that dynamic aspect of the economy not only being an economy to buy stuff but also to support the people who are interacting within your little town is a level of immersion for real-time strategy games that we haven't seen a lot and we definitely haven't seen it recently one and thing the integration of weather into this oh, yeah. economic and, and how that reacts yeah 
that is one that really draws me for this. Like, yeah, we've had like like going back into the 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 Rome Total War and medieval Total War and other sim games like that. You know, when you get into the combat aspect, sure, weather plays a role. Accuracy decreases in the rain, but having the weather affect the core gameplay, yeah, mm, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And, how, and how citizens react, like. How quickly is it going to take for, uh, for like uh, Ishmael over there to walk from his hut really, to his job? Like you, you really feel like I think in the in the in the people management part of this, you really feel yeah. like you're actually the leader of this yes, exactly. ragtag town. And, and see, that also ties in with the the day night cycle because people sleep. Mm-hmm. That's why it's it's definitely like civilization. That's why I said it's Fallout because of the post apocalyptic feel, but it's also yeah. War Fortress. Because you have people doing specific jobs and they're actual people. And they have, you know, wants and needs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one thing, though, that I have a little question about is, like, it's, it's not a problem with the game, but it's just it, it, weird to me. They mentioned that you can, uh, you know, farm resources out in the world, one of them being energy. How do, how, how how, how does it's, that work? It's probably, it's probably like sort of the solar powered or nuclear. How, how, do, how do you farm that though? <laughs> uh, build a solar farm, dumbass. You can harness uh, geothermal energy, or maybe there's this. Special- no, they make it seem like they make it seem like there's like plots, like you know, like uh, where you like, okay, here's a here's a plot of land with this resource, and there's another plot of land with this resource. Possibly, but anyway. That's, uh, again, that's it's it's still in it's still prototyped out pre. That's, that's not even a problem with the game. It was just yeah, weird to me. In just my a head. note. Um, so yeah, yeah it is currently it, they're going to make it on all the various platforms. It's Windows, Mac, and Linux. Yeah. It is currently uh, twenty seven days out at the time of this recording, as far as the <clears throat> campaign goes. So by the time this comes out, um, which hopefully will be Monday, uh, it'll have. 26, 25, 24 days. <laughs> Shut up. <clears throat> Four hours of sleep. I reiterate. 24 days uh, left. They're currently at 930 euros out of the 12,000, which is 8%. But um, we can push that. You can push that, well, guys. I Come can. on. Well, yeah, definitely. You should I figure out a. For me. You, should, you should hand out your social security number in their uh, honor. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> definitely going to be. Like, I have some extra money, and I'm going to be pledging 25 euro, which is some 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 amount of U.S. I was going to go for the 35. Like, the 35? I, as we were talking about it, I was clicking on it and trying to do it, but it wouldn't accept my card. Yeah, the, oh, the, the art in this game looks really cool, too, if you look at the Indiegogo. Like, they, they really have this sort of, yeah, it feels sort of like it's in the past, but it's definitely in the future, and it definitely feels like this could actually happen. Well, I can tell you one thing that they don't have in this world in the game. What's that? They don't have fancy pants. But you know what they could use? What's that? Free fun. And this week on Free Fun, we have Fancy Pants World 1 Remix. Um, For those of you who have been around the internet for uh, longer than... uh, I don't even know when this came out, actually, originally. Um, Let's just say 10 years. It's been a while. Fancy Pants is one of the, the... best I, I, w- I will venture to say this it is one of the best flash games free flash games that I've played online there there's there is a small list 
of amazing Flash games online that I'm like, I would have paid money for that. And in fact, you can actually pay money for Fancy Pants, um, like some bigger version of it. But there's plenty to play on um, the you know the free Flash version. Now, Fancy Pants, if you didn't know, is a platformer where you play as a stick figure wearing fancy pants. You can jump around. You can kind of run up walls. You can uh, wall jump and everything like that. There's enemies you have to avoid. There's tons and tons of unlockables. And in this remix, he's doing the remix one because uh, he wanted to make the World One, you know, because World One was made so long ago. He wanted to make it. Uh, kind of up to par with his more recent games, but also um, he's doing that in, uh, I guess, in celebration of his newest Fancy Pants game that you can buy. Um, and in the game, you can also, if you want to, just to mention, uh, you can support him and you'll get like extra levels and extra stuff, hats, and there's like hats that you can unlock and stuff like that in the game um, by paying like a little bit of money for, um, I guess it's like a microtransaction type of thing. Uh, but that's if you want to support him. Otherwise, the game is still fun. Um, there's, it's it's one of those games that isn't it's it's a platformer but it's not linear at all because there's you start off at the beginning of level one world one and you're running through you collect uh, all the coins or, or whatever it is I guess they're coins um, and then there's doors all over the place that you can go into you can either skip a door you can or you can go into it and it just takes you to some place completely new. Um, and the farther you get into it, it's cause you're just going down a rabbit hole. If you go into the door, you go into another door, you go into another door. You can go back out if you want to, if you don't like what you see. But every time you go deeper and deeper, it gets a little bit harder. It gets a little bit puzzly. There were certain parts where your timing, uh, was ridiculous where you, like, I was like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and I back out of the door, uh, and move on to a different part of the game. Uh, it's just, it's, I, I, I get impressed with, First of all, the physics in this game—it's um, not very smooth. It's—it's it's, I wouldn't yeah, say realistic because it's kind of floaty, but it, like you said, smooth is a really good word for it. Um, It—it's—it's it's floaty, but as long as you know that it's floaty, you—you you can time your your playthrough, you know, your your platform perfectly. There's no issues with like, oh, what the hell, you know, where you're trying to get on this tiny little platform or something like that. If you can't get on the platform, it's because you suck, not because the game sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to Here, put it. Here's here's my problem with this. So I, I, I've, I've tried playing this earlier and I couldn't and I couldn't figure out why and I like I was getting ready to to just blast this game because for all of your talking on it if somebody can't actually play the game because every time you go to click on the start button it uh brings over a menu that blocks the start button yeah. I was going to be pissed I never had that until problem until I realized I a little bit until I realized that the uh game menu screen is playable. Yep. <laughs> and then I ran over to the start door, the start button, and went through. Well, that's your fault. That's another... It's, if, if you can't do something in this game, it's most likely your fault. Yeah. Point that And it, it doesn't really hold your hand. Not that it's, like, complicated or anything, but it's, you know... It, it, it's basically WASD in space or arrow keys in space. Just, just it's it's five yeah. buttons, man. Can you can you yeah. handle it? Yes, but there's still learning curve. Can I jump on people? Can I hit people? Yes. Well, yeah, I, it's experimentation. No. It's not when no, you die. No, I know that's what I'm saying. I like, like I like, like that mechanic. aspect. I like the mechanic where if you hit somebody and they hit somebody, they die. <laughs> so you get like then, chains of death. 
And you and can you bounce can, off like, their hats. Yeah. When they're, if they're wearing hats. <laughs> no, this game is this game is a lot of fun. Very simplistic style. I love the control. It's tight. Is is the only way I could describe the controls. Yeah. Well, uh, this just in: Rev sucks at platforming. <clears throat> but you know what doesn't suck at platforming? Our show. The show does not suck, and it also doesn't <laughs> suck at platforming because it's not sentient. However, uh, <laughs> vacuums, black holes. <laughs> This is the end of the show, and for those of you who don't know, uh, we do do a, for those of you listening in the live stream who don't know, we do do a recorded version. It is on Joshinya, or God, I always do that, <laughs> youtube.com slash Joshinya Gaming, uh, where we have background music, bumpers, and gameplay footage, all that sort of stuff. For those of you listening to the edited version, we also do live shows every uh, Friday around 9 p.m. Eastern Time, depending on uh, life. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, this week, the background music is uh, by Stunkle. Go check him out with the link in the description and let them know uh, Indie Game Riot sent you because uh, we love you. And uh, if you do know a uh, another indie game dev or an indie game, you know, indie game dev like Mark or an indie game musician like Stunkle um, or anything or or R1, yeah. or if you know or are anything that has to do with indie games, uh, let us know. Let us know uh, because we could fear you, and I'll tell you how you can let us know. You can let us know uh, through Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at IGR Podcast on Facebook.com slash IGR Podcast. We also have a subreddit. Our Reddit is reddit.com slash r slash Indie Game Riot. You can also follow us on Steam if you search Indie Game Riot, where you can uh, follow our curator curation list as well, where we have all the games available on Steam that we've featured on the show. Um, very soon, we own a domain. Should we just shout out the domain already? Sure. Because yeah. we're going to get hosting very it's soon, I, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing there yet, but I'm sure we're going to get the hosting very, very soon and get it up and running very, very soon. Um, the domain, if you want to check out the MTP, the, the uh, under construction page, <laughs> is uh, IndieGameRiot.com. And uh, for now, you can just, there, obviously, there's no website there yet. Um, so for now, you can just contact us by uh, emailing at justinagaming at gmail.com. But uh, eventually, you know, there will be different ways to contact us through the website. That's exciting. Did you mention the Reddit? Uh, did I mention <laughs> Did I mention Domino's is brought to your face you by my fist? And enable the evolution. Best <laughs> burn ever. Ow. Yeah. It hurts yeah. me and my logic. <laughs> you and your logic yeah. should say goodbye. <laughs> See you next time, guys. Have a good one, folks. Toodles! Too much inflection. Sorry, no. I'll do it. This is episode <laughs> 20 of the Indie Game Riot. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll all come back to me when we start talking about it. <laughs> what? I, what? What was so funny about that? <laughs> oh, Ruster's like, no, you've got way too much inflection. Do it again, Josh Deadpan. <laughs> this is the new game, right? He's like, yep, oh, that's, that's what that was. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
This is an easy riot. We have games that we're talking about this week. This is NPR in the game riot. I listen to NPR in the car when I'm me when I'm delivering, and it's like I, uh, keeps me sane and awake. I met what's her face, the host of Fresh Air. That's oh, actually her name. What's her face? Huh? Diane Reem. I, I forget her name actually, but I did oh. meet her. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> when I was working at when I was working at the library, Lakshmi uh, Sam. I don't know. When I was working at the library around here, she she was a speaker at an event. That's cool. That we went to. It was pretty entertaining. I really like um, uh, a, a prairie midsummer song or whatever it's called. I can't remember. Prairie I feel like I feel like the name that you gave me was job. not right. I hate that show. Moving air. on. With all right, let, let's, let's talk start about this my, up. Terry Gross we'll is her name. My Fuck you. Prairie home companion rage later. <laughs> okay. It's pra- It's it's Terry Reed. That's her name. Okay. Or whatever. I don't even know. Whatever. <laughs> We're doing this entire show NPR style. Just for you, Ruster. Hope you're fucking happy. Yeah. Today on the indie news this episode brought to you by <laughs> we all sound like Chat. we all sound like uh oh, what, what's his face from from ghostbusters i'm only phoning in the amount of effort that they are paying me in this job 